to Show Me Your Mic. I'm your host, Chris Enns. This is the podcast about podcasting. You can't swing an internet stick without hitting an article about podcasting these days, but you heard it here first, folks, or at least slightly first. You can find it online at goodstuff.fm slash SMYM or on Twitter at SMYM underscore FM. For this episode, I've got Jason DeFilippo from the Grumpy Old Geeks podcast. We compare recording in person with friends versus over Skype with strangers or enemies, how computers ruin everything, and we even get on a few soapboxes to rant. Not surprising given its climate. My thanks to Campaign Monitor for sponsoring this episode of Show Me Your Mic. More about them a little more in the show. Now here's my conversation with Jason. Do you have any questions for me before we start? No, I don't think so. I okay. Don't, I don't think I sh- I don't think I do. I should maybe I should. Now I'm I'm worried that I forgot <laughs> something. <laughs> I'm all out of sorts this week cuz I my uh wife has gone to visit her sister on the other side of the world actually and and so my kids, I, we have three kids and, and they're sort of sh- I'm shuttling them back and forth with grandparents and stuff and so just all sorts of normal routines have gone haywire and so uh <laughs> Uh, everything just feels a little off. And then also, of course, daylight savings time happened a couple of weeks ago and I'm still adjusting to, I live in a part of the world where we don't change our clocks ever. And so, um, I always have to adjust to everybody else. And you, I'm used to recording this an hour earlier, you know, anyways, just all sorts, <laughs> all, all of sorts. And, and my mom brought me a Starbucks coffee this morning and that's throwing me off, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> just a weird morning. Um, all right. So Jason, you are from your podcast, your main podcast is Grumpy Old Geeks. There's a few other shows I noticed sort of digging through the archives and stuff on on your site. Uh, but welcome to Show Me Your Mic, first of all, of course. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, your your bio or your byline or whatever for the show is a, your tech talk show. Get some guest, uh, guests and uh, talk tech, news, all sorts of stuff. Um, you're up to episode 84 on that show, it looks like, as of this recording anyways in November in cold wintry November. Um, what take me back to the beginning of, of grumpy old geeks, I guess, first of all, and, and where did it start and what's, what was the okay. motivation? So, yeah. So basically, uh, my good friend, Brian Schulmeister and I, we've been friends for 20, about 20 years. We worked in tech long, long ago and I'd always wanted to start a podcast and then couldn't find the right co-host. And then one day over drinks at the bar, I'm like, yeah, you know what? After three hours of griping about the internet. We're like, hey, we should record this. Why not? And so we just, we cobbled together a couple mics and basically started the show out of that, just out of those conversations at the bar. Nice. And that's, uh, was it always sort of, I haven't listened, again, I haven't listened to every single episode, but did you start with doing it with guests and stuff or did that come later in the show? We started just the two of us just to kind of get our legs under us. And, you know, like most podcasters, we threw away the first couple episodes Mm-hmm. And once we finally kind of got comfortable, then we started to bring in guests and it's been random with the guests. We thought that originally that, okay, we have to have guests because guests will bring the audience and then we can grow our podcast from there. And what we originally learned was they don't, <laughs> <laughs> uh, guests generally tend not to bring an audience that sticks around. So we do it sporadically. Now, whenever we find somebody that we just want to talk to and have them on the show, we'll bring them in. But for the most part, uh, our, we found that our audience really just likes us uh, to get in fights and complain at each other. So we, <laughs> we, we stick to that, that model. And that's where I think it's nice, like list, just listening to the, the few episodes I did before we recorded this, is the, you know, you can obviously tell there's a history in 
camaraderie and experience shared experiences that um, is tough to do sometimes when when you when you're starting a new show with someone who else who is just a podcaster you kind of either it, you, I find anyways you either try to convince a friend who you're good friends with to do podcasting or you have to convince a fellow podcaster to become a friend <laughs> and uh, and it's not always either of those mixes sometimes don't always work out well but obviously it's worked out well for you guys so um, it's a uh, and the one thing I noticed that because of that probably a bit of that shared history both you know working and friendship obviously as well is you are in in line with the title of the show you're you're free to complain and air some dirty laundry that might otherwise not get aired, I guess, in a, uh, a relationship that you're not sure where the other person stands or whatever on certain things or whatever. And you can kind of talk a little more freely. Is that something you've found or, or just, I guess, happened naturally? Yeah, we, we had to temper it in the beginning because we found out that we were just complaining about clients way too much and oh. we'd have to go back and re-edit because <laughs> right. uh, Brian runs his own consultancy and he works in the music business. And if you've ever dealt with people in the music business, you know it can be extremely frustrating dealing with those people. So he has to temper himself quite a bit. And I have my own consultancy. So we, we talk about clients a lot and just our shared experience. And we, we, over time, we've learned to kind of you know, find that middle ground. But we try and be as honest as possible about you know, our experience in the internet consultancy business and, and try and make it fun for you know, the, the audience. Yeah, it was on the last episode that I was just listening to before here, episode 84, you're um, talking about a, a person you used to work with or whatever. And it was kind <laughs> of like a bit of that. There's a, Maybe it's just the Canadian in me too of like apologizing or being too polite. But the, uh, <laughs> the you know, air, talking about uh, experience with this person and obviously it was a bad experience for both of you or whatever. And, and it's uh, it's something that sometimes isn't done in podcasts very often that like, which we all do in normal life in various ways and not that you're like being really harsh or mean gossipy kind of stuff. It was kind of more factual. This is what happened kind of stuff. But, um, but it was kind of, it is kind of refreshing to just say, name the names and talk about the things and <laughs> instead of sort of hiding around allusions to somebody or whatever, alluding to people and things like that. So um, have you had, I guess, uh, sort of the pushback or the negative side of that airing of being a little too honest in terms of feedback or, pre, or people listening who you wouldn't have thought might have listened to the show or something like that? Not yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for it. Yeah, this that last episode that you listened to, we actually name-checked somebody who we worked with, and that was the first time we've ever done that. Oh, okay. <laughs> and and we had, we had been on the fence about that particular article that we actually came out and talked about because, you know, he may still have, my co-host may still have some dealings with her along the way, but... It, 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 for me, it was the point. It's like, I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. And everything we said was factual. But yes, I did, you know, name call her and call her the devil. <laughs> so, <laughs> which, which is, which it, from my perspective, is 100% true. So. <laughs> right. And <laughs> now that, that'll get people to go listen, if nothing else. So there's <laughs> a little bit of controversy, maybe, or whatever. But, um, and I think, I mean, <laughs> within, especially the music industry, I have very little dealings on a, my level, but just, you know, the general perception would be what, like, just like what you said, where it's, yeah, you either stab someone else in the back before they stab you, I guess is probably <laughs> a bit of that kind of life. And, and, uh, certainly a lot of that kind of stuff I would imagine goes on. So, but anyways, back to the, the actual podcast, you also do a couple other shows. I noticed there's on the site anyways, there's, uh, well, the first podcast I did without looking too carefully, I started, I clicked play and it was actually the De- Beverly Hills cop, uh, theme song star, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, which is another show you do. Tell, tell me a bit about that show. 
Yeah, so that show's called Does It Have Legs, where we find a movie that's at least 20 years old, and me and a couple of my friends will sit around, watch it, and immediately when we're done watching it, we'll review it and see if it's got legs. And I started that show because after doing the podcast with Brian, we, you know, we started as a two-person team in studio together, and then I moved to Chicago, so then it was a remote show. And I wanted to do – we like we split the duties on that show. Brian does all the audio side for – most of it. And I do all the research and uh, like post-production stuff to get it out there. So I wanted to do a show that was just mine and do it in studio with multiple guests, at least three. So that's how Does It Have Legs started. It was just an experiment to start a new show. And it turned out to be a lot more work than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and uh, we, we actually paired that show back. We only do it every other week now. And we've got multiple guests that kind of rotate in and out. But for the most part, it was a an experiment to try a show from scratch with no audience and see how new and noteworthy actually impacts audience building from a completely blank show. Because everybody, when we first got into podcasting, was like, oh, you got to get new and noteworthy. It'll make your show. And after I ran that experiment, I found that when new and noteworthy was done, we got about 12 listeners from <laughs> iTunes. <laughs> that was it. That was 12 people that stuck. The rest of them were all our friends from social media. So yeah. that was a fun that was a fun experiment to run, but the the best part about it is every other week it's a reason for me to sit around with my buddies and watch a movie together and talk about it. Yeah, and that's often the like there's the whole, you know, we've I'm sure you've seen many of the articles that have been going around the last little week here because podcasting is now back again apparently. <laughs> but <laughs> I think and there's the whole business of podcasting which is, you know, obviously fun to do and trying to make a little money to pay for this hobby and I think in the in the grand discussion of all the business of podcasting, it feels like people have kind of forgotten that it's just kind of fun to have an excuse to do that kind of stuff. And and so what if that's as much as you're not saying you're not trying to do it at your quality or anything like that, but just so what if that's what it is? You know, it doesn't have to be highly produced, heavily written, scripted kind of stuff, too. Obviously, this show is not very scripted. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, and I think. That's that's fun. So, what was the you alluded to the fact that it was a very a, a little bit more challenging than you thought it was going to be to do that show? What was the what are some of the challenges you came up against? Uh, first off, uh, miking three people was difficult because I've never really done like the whole sound side of it myself. So we were I was starting off. I had one road podcaster, one off the shelf crappy mic from Fry's that I just picked up for the day of the show, and an Apogee mic. And trying to get all three of those in, with people in the same room to even sound remotely the same was difficult. Mm -hmm. Doing the uh, post-production, I did the whole thing in GarageBand. And trying to get that to work was difficult. And also dealing with people who have never been on a podcast before was, you know, it was like, <laughs> it's like hurt, hurting cats. Right. So, I'm like, no, you have to point your face at the mic. Don't keep looking at the other guy. <laughs> that was just... That was that was uh, the interesting bit. But I, I got all that nailed. I eventually threw away all the other mics or gave them to friends and went out and bought three road podcasters. And I'm like, that's it. I'm tired of dealing with it. Mm -hmm. I just got the the full suite, uh, which was rather expensive. But it, in the end, it saved me a lot of headaches. Yeah. So it, like the what I call it a spit guard, but the, the sort of shock mount and all that kind of the road podcaster kit that they sell is that yeah pretty much I got yeah. the road I got the boom arm the shock mount and I got after a while I went out and got the windscreens for him because it does kind of mitigate a lot of splash from the other guests and I think it gives a fuller sound even though that there's a there's a pop guard built into the roads I like how it sounds with the actual windscreen on it 
Yeah, that's what I, uh, for listeners of this show anyways, would know I I used the PR40, but I, and then for a long time I'd heard, well, it's got a built-in uh, windscreen type explosives uh, blocker or preventer or whatever. But once I added an actual proper pop filter type of, uh, I keep wanting to call it spit guard because it, I mean, that's what it does basically, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there's nobody eating off of the microphone luckily. Um, but once I'd added that, it, it helps both with my mic technique of keeping my, me like from eating the mic almost to also just, yeah, keeping some of those peas and whatever off the, off the recording. So with yeah, the definitely. 30 or 40 bucks or whatever you end up spending on your mic to get that, um, I, I feel anyways. So how do you, in the actual physical room, you watch, you guys watch the movie together and then record, or is it like you watch the movie separately and come back and, and meet to record the show? Uh, 99% of the time we're in the same room. We've got one guest that can't watch the movie with us cause he's got kids and a business. So we watch the movie separately for that one. And then we all just kind of get together that evening. So we watch it the same day, but for just one particular guest is not in the room, but every other one we've done, I think we're episode 29. So 28 of the movies so far, we've all been in the same room. And then literally I wheel out the microphones and we record right there on the couch. Nice. And so are you recording into, uh, with all those podcasters, you've got them going into one computer or does each person sort of record their track and then you combine them or how do you manage that? Uh, originally I was doing it on my iMac. I would pick up, literally pick up my iMac, take it downstairs, put it on the living room table and plug everything into it because it had enough USB ports. And now I'm recording onto a single MacBook Pro with a USB hub. And that works well enough, like having, because I was, a, a friend had asked me about just recording like she wanted to do uh, just like you, like a in-person recording with a couple of mics. And I wasn't 100% sure about on the, it felt sketchy for me for some reason, plugging in multiple mics into one computer, USB mics into one computer for some reason. It seemed like that was a recipe for frustration, but it seems to work okay. It works great. And I mean, now I'm working on a MacBook Pro, so it's got a lot of horsepower in it. But I did that exact same setup with a year or two-year-old MacBook Air, and it still worked just fine. Nice. That's good yeah. to hear. Because it's uh, and and you could get away with um, like the road podcaster obviously would work, but the um, oh I always forget the model number. There's a a mic I've been recommending to friends and stuff lately. The ATR something something. Come on, internet, catch up with me. ATR twenty one hundred, the Audio Technica, uh, which is a USB slash XLR mic that um, it's around. I think on Amazon is like fifty or sixty bucks or something, and. Uh, Certainly, like, I, I love the Rode Podcaster, and it's a great mic. Um, but if you're just trying to get, either trying to get started in podcasting or, like in your case, having multiple guests in, in a studio or office or living room <laughs> or wherever you might be um, and, you know, want to have consistent sound and maybe don't have the budget for three Rode Podcaster kits, you could actually get away with this uh, ATR, Audio-Techno ATR 2100 anyways as, as a starting point. Um and then so in, into GarageBand and then edit any fun, interesting post-production kind of stuff that you're doing inside GarageBand? Actually, I don't do any editing in GarageBand. I hate GarageBand <laughs> with a passion. So what I do from GarageBand, I, I kind of play with the levels a bit if somebody's off. But beforehand, I use the audio MIDI setup and just kind of go around the room and get and just tweak everybody's uh, levels straight in the, the audio setup. So it's kind of consistent going into GarageBand. And then when I just do a straight export out of GarageBand, and I take it into a little app called Sound Studio, which is like a $30 Mac app, and it's my favorite. 
I've tried all the other ones and this is, it's just a simple wave editor with, it's got noise gating and, you know, volume control and stuff. But for me to edit a show in that is so much easier than trying to use anything big. And it, it's worked out great so far. So I do all my editing in that and then just export straight the MP3 out of there. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's one I think that might be the first uh, mention of Sound Studio in the, on this show anyways. Um, I remember hearing about it a few years ago. It's, it's sponsored a few shows and stuff, I think, over the years. But uh, yeah, it's a nice little cheaper, certainly, app <laughs> to use. Yeah, sure. definitely. It's And like I said, it does everything I need it to do. And the interface is super simple. You can't do a lot of, you know, the things like you would do in Logic with, you know, just setting up shows beforehand with all your intros and pops and stuff. So for Grumpy Old Geeks, we actually use uh, Apple's Soundtrack Pro, the old the old software for that, because that's what my co-host is comfortable with. Oh, so nice. we Yeah, we use that for Grumpy Old Geeks, and he does the post on that and puts in all our drops, because we've got a bunch of professionally recorded segments and stuff like that that we s- split in between the, the segments of the show. But for... Uh, does it have legs and my new daily show vapid? I just do it straight with sound studio. Right. And that's, um, yeah, just debating, switching gears, I guess, to grumpy old geeks. You're that's not, like you said, now you're recording it. I'm presuming over Skype or what do you use to, to yeah, chat yeah. with? Yeah. So we, we did, uh, we had a bunch of mic problems in the beginning. We've been having audio trouble since the get go because yeah, that's how you start, you know, and you figure it out <laughs> along the way, you know? Yeah. So we, we finally got tired of it and Brian and I both got the exact same road set up. So we're, we have parody there and now we're doing, uh, we're doing the fun sound flower to, uh, sound studio recording. And then he takes the recording from sound studio and goes into soundtrack pro. Because we found that with Call Recorder, which most people use, the quality isn't there and trying to get the levels right in Call Recorder is a nightmare because the incoming call is always so much louder. So we, we've kind of moved to that input through Soundflower, you know, with all the different uh, switches and settings and then take that into Sound Studio. So we're still on separate tracks, mm-hmm. but we have, we have much more granular control over it and the audio is richer. Nice. And of course, this last episode that you heard, uh, 84, was the one where everything broke right before we started to record. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. I had a little note here to mention that uh, despite, you know, like you said, 84 episodes in and there's still, uh, computers are still computers. And as, as much as we figure everything out, all of a sudden everything just breaks for no reason. Oh, of course, yes. <laughs> and, this, and this is our job. We deal with computers every day and it still blows up in your face sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And that's, uh, did you, was there anything that you could figure out why it might've happened as far as like, you know, a Yosemite upgrade or some patch or something that you did or whatever, or is it just kind of nothing? The the only thing that we can think of is a Skype update broke Mm -hmm. something because we were both on separate systems. I had nothing that updated. He had nothing that updated. And the same problem happened on both of our systems where Soundflower just wouldn't split the tracks. So we have no idea what happens. <laughs> you know, we went through the same exact setup on both of them that worked the previous couple shows and then poof, gone. Right. Out of luck. <laughs> <laughs> and that's always, like I've said before many times in this show, uh, I could probably make a drinking game around it, but uh, my frustration or, or struggle with Soundflower is often that anytime it's not like a physical thing I can actually hammer or hit and it's somewhere software inside the computer, it makes my head hurt. And But, um, but I know it's, Actually, and, and also using the audio MIDI setup, audio MIDI setup on app on the Mac is an interesting way of getting your levels. I hadn't thought about um, using that to um, just was quickly looking at that when you were talking about that about you know adjusting levels and stuff in there. 
um, for people. Yeah. The nice thing about the audio MIDI setup is instead of using the sound control panel where you just have the slider for each mic, you can actually use numerical values in the audio MIDI setup. So you can actually dial in numbers. So if you're going to be doing different shows with different people, you can just make a note of those numbers, go back and dial them in for the next show. So you have, you know, the same settings every time instead of trying to drag the little slider, you know, and is it yeah. oh, 74%, 71%. This gives you like actual just numbers that you can type in, which is really handy. Yeah, totally. And especially like I, would, I can imagine in your situation where you've got say three mics all on one computer in the USB or whatever, in the room with you, you can just have it dialed in, set up and ready to go before your guests are even there and, and keep that consistent. Assuming the guests are consistent, I guess, and in, in what they talk about or how they talk. But, um, and yeah, so well, one, I was gonna say, one of the things I found too, is we used to set up the show before the movie. I get everything all done, set up, have everything ready to go in garage band. And then as soon as I'd hit record, everything would be off because by the time the movie was over, everything would have drifted. You know, you have all the drift correction, so we finally learned quit GarageBand first, then start the show, like bring it back up and then start the show because GarageBand, even if, even if just the mics are plugged in and they're not recording, the drift will still happen and you'll still, everybody will be off. Wait, so, cause you would, you would record the, do you record it while you're watching the movie as well? Is that what you're saying? Or no, no, I would set up the mics and just have everything ready to go with my inputs. Oh. Nothing, nothing's recording in GarageBand, but all the mics are plugged in, ready to go. And as soon as I'd hit record, everything would already be, it would be completely off. Weird. So even, even though you just have the, the track open in GarageBand, things are still getting kind of screwed up while it's just sitting there. <laughs> that's the, and that, like, so that's even with just people in the room, nothing to do with uh, multiple computers, right? You're talking? Yeah, right. it was just the fact yeah. that GarageBand was open with the mics plugged into it before you hit record. <laughs> if it was open for a while, it would just break. So. See, this is where some audio engineer is just like, seeing saying like i told you so that's why we should have stuck with tape or, <laughs> or some sort of because that's that i always heard of you know trying to do a double ender with multiple people on skype and each person records their end and you combine the two and then you get a drift because of different computers in, in play but just the fact that GarageBand itself has a bit of a delay i guess i guess it makes sense it's pulling in from multiple usb ports and things happen i guess but yeah yeah, because, yeah, on the Macs, there's there's one port that's always got more power than the other ports, and it just gets all wacky-do. So always yeah. quit GarageBand and start it up again before you start. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, there's, uh, uh, yeah, frustrating. <laughs> I always I always thought of the dream of having a bunch of doing it in person because it's, you know, you're, you can see and there's, you know, easier to have the visual interactions with each other of, of just normal conversation without that Skype delay. But I guess there's always going to be something with, with podcasting that's, keeps it interesting anyways keeps you on your toes <laughs> yeah pe people are generally the point of failure but sometimes you, you have computer issues <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and, yeah and speaking of soundflower yeah it is it's a mystery <laughs> i have no idea how it works but <laughs> sometimes it does like for right now i'm using soundflower running it through audio hijack pro and running a noise gate and a couple effects on it just to kind of get rid of the background noise because i've got a busy street outside and using the software noise gate really helps when i'm just doing a one-to-one -one Skype call. And I found that's pretty stable. It works pretty well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's an interesting way to, to mess a bit more with your audio going out before. Um, yeah. When you're even a guest on another show or whatever like this. Um, and so it runs through audio hijack pro and then spits that out. That's what Skype actually sends out is what audio hijack pro is. Cause there's a, yeah. if I remember correctly, I used it a few years ago, effects and stuff inside audio hijack. 
Yeah, yeah, I've got a couple effects in Audio Hijack. It basically hijacks the the road, and then in Skype, I use a Soundflower's input. Right. Yeah. See, that's where my brain broke down. I, maybe I should try it again someday just for fun. But uh, no, actually, that doesn't sound like fun. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> the fact that you're using like the same the same input and output makes no sense. It's like okay, I'm using Soundflower as an output in one program, using it as an input in another program. It's like. What kind of magic and witchcraft is this that that <laughs> exactly. actually works? That's right. I think uh, there was, a, I remember an, like an old uh, audio, it was probably like a MIDI program or something that I used way back in the day that actually had like a visual, uh, you know, like you had to actually drag, you could, it, you could also do it like in just a menu, but you could actually drag like cable from input to cable to output or whatever on a pretend virtual mixer. And that actually made more sense for the way my brain works, um, you know, to have that sort of visual representation. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. But, yeah. Gooey for gooey's sake, I guess, for dummies like me. Uh, well, I want to come back to uh, just a bit more of your gear and stuff. And before I do, I just want to thank our sponsor for this episode, which is Campaign Monitor. We've uh, talked a lot about Campaign Monitor here at Good Stuff on a lot of our shows because they've been with us since day one here at Good Stuff. And uh, we use them to send out our email newsletter, uh, which you can sign up for goodstuff.fm slash newsletter. Uh, you can check out their awesome template builder at canvas.cm. See how easy it is to get up and going quickly and beautifully with your own email newsletter template. Um, I actually designed one. I've, I've said before I designed a new one each time for our Good Stuff newsletter using Canvas. And uh, one time I did it in what was I felt like was the quickest way possible because I was out of time and running. I had to go get the kids or something and wanted to quickly get the newsletter out, so I was doing it very quickly. And that template actually is the one Can, uh, Campaign Monitor contacted me and said, can we feature that newsletter template you did because we like it so much models what we do how easy it is to make a design in in canvas and so if i can do it that quickly and i'm sure you would spend a little more time than i did designing a, a template for your business or your your company or, or website or whatever um then uh yeah that's a testament to how easy and well done uh, canvas is by campaign monitor so check them out today campaignmonitor.com and get sending a newsletter to your clients or staff or friends or family however you want to do it uh thanks to campaign monitor for supporting good stuff and show me your mic uh, and so it's back to your your show as you mentioned you have a your new daily show uh vapid right vapid vapid vapid, vapid yes yeah, yeah that, that just came out of not wanting to blog anymore i've been a blogger since way way back and i just wanted to kind of have a show where i could just kind of have you know daily mind spew like everybody else does now and and to keep my chops up because I found that only doing a show once a week, by the time that next Friday rolls around, I'm, I'm rusty. So <laughs> I just wanted to have like an excuse to get in front of the mic every day, write something and just kind of engage. And, you know, my tens of listeners are, you know, they enjoy it. But <laughs> for me, for me, it's just an exercise in uh, podcasting to keep, keep, you know, the skills sharp. Yeah, that's what I've noticed, too, with the, the daily show that I do here and get stuff. And it's uh, it's just it's kind of fun. It's a interesting challenge to talk solo without having a guest or a co-host to rely on to fill dead air or whatever <laughs> do you so you mentioned writing do you actually sort of do a bit of a script ish for yourself or what what was your what's your process for recording that show well generally what happens is at about 4:55, i noticed that my roommate's going to be coming home soon so i scribble out a few notes in uh 
BB edit and then just start recording and then edit along the way and just kind of figure it out as I go. That's kind of how it's gone. Uh, every now and again, I'll throw some notes in Evernote just so I have, you know, if I like wake up in the middle of the night, I'm like, oh, that'd be a good show idea. So I'll put that in there. Like the one I did yesterday was on the first time I almost got carjacked in L.A. because I couldn't think of anything else to talk about. So I'm like, <laughs> eh, let's dig in the bag and find a story. Nice. And so is it is your goal sort of actually to do it daily or do you kind of like follow my uh, lazy daily ish to put the little <laughs> clarifier on there to give yourself the lazy freedom to not do a sh- episode every day or what's your sort of goal for it i was very annoyed that you took the ish because i was gonna use that too <laughs> and, well and i haven't I trademarked it, I, it yet but <laughs> okay well you know you can't can't steal that much but uh, I, I i thoroughly enjoy your daily ish show so oh, thanks um i do it uh, monday through friday that's that's pretty much it. I started to do it Tuesday through Saturday or Sunday through, but you know, Monday through Friday works the best. And uh, I blame Jordan Cooper because he's the one that uh, kind of kicked my butt into doing it every day. So I, <laughs> that's how that kind of came around. Nice. So yeah, Monday through Friday is is the schedule on that. So I, you got to have a few days off. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And do you put a time limit. I, that's the one I ha- actually haven't got around to listening to yet. But do you put time limits on it, or or is it kind of just free range? Whatever happens to go that day and. Five minutes ish. That's about <laughs> it. That's I try and keep it around five minutes, just because. But any longer than that, it gets boring. And any shorter than that, it's like, why did I even bother downloading it? But five <laughs> minutes seems to be a good one for these daily ones. I, most of the people that do them, I mean, you do one. Uh, Lex Friedman does one. I can't remember if anybody else I listen to has one, but uh, I, I like that just short format. You check in with people that you like, you know, and it gives you just kind of a view into their world. I think it's fun. Yeah, and that's uh, I think. Um for anybody looking into getting into podcasting, it's maybe it seems either for some people, it's probably that what they would do naturally is just, you know, riff on a, on a microphone and record it and see what it sounds like. For me, it was just like the opposite of what I wanted to do. Um, just because it felt terrifying that I would put some random thought out there without, uh, having somebody else to blame for the poorness of it or something. <laughs> but, uh, but it, it is a great, like I've said, I think before and on this show already, but like a great exercise in, just if you if you aspire to do this kind of podcasting stuff, talking into a microphone, what better way to sort of push yourself and and practice that exercise that muscle, as it were? So yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's it's just a fun exercise, and you get better at it because you you know you're listening to yourself every day. You find your isms that you do. My big one is I keep saying so. So I have a post-it note on my <laughs> lap on on, the, on my screen that says stop saying so, <laughs> and, and and it's it's fun and the thing that kept me from doing it for so long was overthinking it and trying to pre-produce like, you know, an NPR level show every day. It's like, no, no, no. If you just say it's a blog, you know, an audio blog, Mm -hmm. that's all you really need. You know, these are just my personal thoughts every day. I ran into some idiot at the grocery store, whatever, you know, yeah. people and people like to listen to that stuff. Yeah. And especially I think that idea, like you're in as much as we, like I said earlier, we're aspiring to do better quality stuff, podcasts these days. You're we're individuals doing this out of our basement or whatever the case may be. We don't have a script writer and or a producer and an editor on our, our show. And so and if you're especially if you're aspiring to do it daily, you're gonna have some garbage episodes, but just get past those and then you'll you'll get some awesome ones too in there. So that's uh, Yeah, there's there's always tomorrow. Yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there's a interesting sort of situation or whatever uh events happening up here in canada where a popular radio host was whatever garbage stuff happened and he's been canned and um 
And but a lot of people sort of came out wondering, like, well, how is this person who's so nice and who did this, did the show? He talked so eloquently about even like it was to do with um, uh, what am I, abuse and uh, harassment of women and stuff like that. And so, how could this person who read these things and spoke so eloquently on air be the same guy doing this other stuff? And the producers and editors of the show said, well, he's not actually saying his own words. Like those are all written. He performs them. And, and for me, it was kind of like a revelation of, of like, well, aside from all the garbage stuff, but like the, that idea that a lot of these folks that, and you, you kind of know it, but you don't really think it through when you're listening to this person who you think is such an amazing uh, speaker or orator or whatever of these words that they have the whole, as if that person has the whole package together, right? But they actually have a team writing for them sometimes. And, um, and so, yeah, to not be so hard on yourself that you're not attaining that level of quality or whatever when you're hit and record in your own basement <laughs> or wherever yeah. you happen to be. So that's my little soapbox of motivational <laughs> speech, hopefully to <laughs> somebody out there. Um, all right. So what I, what I like to talk about to folks about too, is some of the shows and things that they, you guys listen to. Um, I don't know if you have your podcast player of app of choice handy and, uh, and also a bit of a, a listener suggestion. Uh, my buddy Dave Rupert suggested that I should be asking folks for a, quick photo of their recording gear so i don't you don't have to send it to me right this second but uh i just wanted to mention on air for future guests as well to so i I remember to ask you to take a photo either you know sort of like the desk shot of the mic and the whatever gear you might have recording window open or something like that or yourself in front of it or whatever just to make a little more personal and something for people to actually see this is obviously just an audio medium and but to actually connect what's actually going on in the when we're recording stuff together um but um yeah so podcasts that you listen to and you enjoy and uh you've mentioned a few that we've talked about some of the like the lex friedman's show and things like that but what's what are some podcasts you like to listen to so my go-to's that i always get excited when there's a new episode are uh you are not so smart which is one of the best shows out there talks about a lot of, a lot of logical fallacies and uh, uh just really cool psychological stuff and the guy wrote two books that are really good. One's called You Are Not So Smart and You Are Now Less Dumb. And a lot of it comes from those books and they're fantastic. The podcasts are fantastic. Um, Grit, formerly known as Quit. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that was actually the first show that I was, uh, I was a caller on. Oh, nice. So I'm, a, I'm a fan of that one. Uh, obviously, Tech Douchebags from our buddy Jordan. Uh, I was also a guest on that one. That was my first guest appearance. You're my second, so i got to throw out some love. Um, <laughs> Uh, both of Dan Carlin's shows, Hardcore History and Common Sense, are great. Uh, still entitled The Adam Savage Project. Um, I've got like 50 in my phone, but I don't have it handy. <laughs> I, listen to, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, and I got to throw a, throw a shout out for my, the guy I work for, uh, The Art of Charm Podcast. It's about business and social dynamics. That's my day job. I work for those guys. And he's, they're, they're killing it on the podcast over there. Nice. Yeah, it's. Do you listen? Do you have a commute that you listen to or podcast to, or do you just like you just have them going all the time, kind of in the background? I used to have a commute. I used to live in L.A. and I worked uh, about an hour and a half away from my office, so I had three hours a day just to listen to podcasts back then. Now I work from home, so I just have them on all the time. I just wear my headphones around the house. And I've always got something playing. It's either a podcast or an audio book. I'm a huge just audio fan. So, nice. Yeah, working from home makes it tough. But I kind of got kind of got it down now. 
yeah, I often find myself just because a similar situation, either I go to an office or, or at home, but it, the community isn't there at all and, anymore. And so um, I have to often, sometimes I have to remind myself to just hit play and then I'll, you know, I love listening to them, but I just get working or whatever as a, yeah, or distracted on Twitter or something and forget to just hit play on this thing and podcast. Uh, what, what apps are you using these days to listen? To? So I was, I was trying to pull away from technology for a while. We did a couple episodes on this on grumpy old geeks and I actually went out and bought an iPod like one of the last iPods that you can buy. So I, for that, I had to switch over to using the podcast app and iTunes to kind of sync it because there's no connection. You actually have to plug it in and sync it. Oh, oh it, like, like, like actual, I, sorry, I was thinking iPod touch, but you're th- saying actual, no, like iPod, yes, iPod. <laughs> and a straight up iPod with yeah. no network connectivity. So when I went on a walk, I could leave my iPhone at home and I wouldn't always be checking it to see if like somebody's texting me from work is like, it kind of gave me a little bit of calm and peace. Yeah. So I unfortunately with that I had to use the iPod or I mean the uh, podcast app, and God is that thing terrible! <laughs> it's so terrible. <laughs> it's, got, I, it's gotten a little better, right? In oh, no, oh, you're talking yeah, in iTunes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah no, yeah. it's it's bad. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, my preference is Downcast. I love Downcast. It lets me do a lot of stuff I can't do with like the iPhone. If I need to just drag a show in. Uh, to my phone, I can't do it with the podcast app or the music things because I use iTunes Match, and they won't let you just drag a file into your phone with that. So Downcast at least lets me import it to like test out a show because I listen to all of our shows before they go out. I just listen to them at 3x to make sure that there are no gaffes in them, <laughs> and that's really helpful for that. I've tried all the other ones, but I just keep going back to Downcast. It's my favorite. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, I need to throw a quick in the, in this section, no need to throw a quick, uh, thank you, shout out or whatever to the folks over at pocket cast. Cause they, uh, pocket cast five came out also another good app. Uh, I've used, I, I like downcast. I like there's the, we have like a, uh, what's the word cornucopia. <laughs> I don't know if that's right. probably <laughs> not the right word for this situation, but so many amazing podcast apps to listen to and choose from these days, uh, that were not, I remember when it was just like iTunes or you had to just play it off the web. Um, to listen to podcasts and um anyways podcast five came out recently and in their blog post anyways they used they featured uh good stuff's transmission show as well as actually a little just a little tease a little, <laughs> it was the last one in the row of show me your mic actually the artwork is on their player and so just thanks to them and and definitely want to just give uh well thanks i guess for featuring the show in that way to, it's, there's no like hard link or anything like that in the sh- in the description but just a little like tease of you, you can just see me or mike is a in the in the post <laughs> but uh it's enough to make a at least a podcaster feel a little bit uh, loved for for having uh decent artwork anyways i guess decent enough to be featured in their post so thanks to those guys over there and yeah. Which is yeah, actually, as I was gonna say, as podcasters, we take the love wherever we can get it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it is one of those kind of, and this is an ongoing conversation of just the lack of sort of shareability of podcasts because you can't. It's really hard to just, in the same way we used to with blog posts, and still do with blog posts, where you can just copy and block quote it and link to articles very easily, and people are very keen on doing that. Uh, it's a little harder to get some some of that sort of web love, I guess, but. Um, I'm assuming I would guess Downcast has something like this. I know Overcast has this. Pocket Cast has a, the ability to like when, when I'm listening on the phone, I can just create a link to that exact moment in the in the show, 
and tweet that out or email it or whatever. And that goes a long way. I, I kind of forget that it's an option to do when I'm listening to a show, but I try like every so often I'll think, oh, I should remember to share this moment at two minutes, 45 seconds or whatever. And obviously I won't if I don't do it right then. Um, but it's a neat little feature of some of these apps that you can do that. So, uh, yeah, I've never known that. That's really cool. I'm gonna have to try that. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't I, I, I hate to give credit to anybody. Like to, for me, it was overcast. I saw first doing, I'm sure somebody else has done it before. It doesn't seem like it's a completely unique idea, but it is something, you know, I'm sure it's hard to implement. I'm not being a programmer at all. It just seems like magic, but, um, yeah, it's neat because they create like just a quick short link, short URL to share. And obviously they have to have a, some sort of web player, which Pocket Cast does and Overcast does. They have to have a web component. Um, and so um, then people can play from there. And it's still, for a podcaster, it's not like uh, those players are changing, like uh, they're not um, hosting your file for you or taking any you know listens away from you or any of the, that kind of stuff, which other services might sometimes do I guess or it might be the fear that would happen like these um, modern app developers tend to be very sensitive to the idea because often they're podcasters themselves like with Overcast Mark Armand developing that as a podcaster as well sensitive to the idea that we still need to know how many people are listening even if it's for one section uh, and so they're still just linking to your original file they they sometimes set up a web page that grabs some of your show notes but the file itself the media file is linking to your original location so there's that's the main thing, I think. So, yeah, don't want to take away from our numbers. Exactly. God forbid. <laughs> God forbid. <laughs> I tell you what's what's new that I've seen because um, I host with Libsyn, mm. and nowadays, if you take just the media URL and post it directly into Twitter or Facebook, they'll come up with a media card for that now. So you can actually have a player for your entire show in a tweet or on a post on Facebook. Oh, interesting. So that's any is that any Libsyn show, or do you have to apply for a certain? Thing. No, it's yeah, it's just the media file. So oh, I, neat. yeah, I, I'm hosting with I've got I've got a full spectrum of their hosting. I've got the pro service that we use for the Art of Charm, and it works great there. That that one lets you put in a custom icon, so the player is like branded to you. But that's like the the, the big Kahuna paid service. But I use the the lower packages for my other shows, and it still gives you the player. It's just branded Libsyn. The Facebook one doesn't work on mobile because it's got to be a Flash player, unfortunately. But oh, yeah. I've I've noticed since we started doing this, our numbers are up 25%. So. That's amazing, actually, because that's, yeah, I know for a long time, Libsyn had the, like, you know, you pay, I forget which service plan it was, to, uh, and you can get a free app developed, sort of, or whatever, right? Um, yeah, that's phone. the, it's like their 40 plan. You have to have, like, the, uh, or the 400 plan, I think, is the one that starts with the app. And I've I've used their app. I've had them whip one up for Grumpy Old Geeks, and it was so bad that we just said screw it and i i had a i had a friend do a custom app for us so we've got a grumpy old geeks app oh nice that's, ju that's just a player it's yeah. just a straight up player and that's that's the downside of libsyn i love them they do a great job with getting my media files to everybody but man it is the ugliest site i've ever had to use yeah any i, I i'm gonna generalize here with i would guess most mac users and i'm sure a lot of windows users too who use it are just kind of like why does it and they did a i remember them doing a big redesign a few years ago and i was like oh here's the new one and it's like no it's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not bad <laughs> it still looks like you're designing for windows 95 style interfaces uh but yeah they're amazing that's great great to hear that because i i've seen twitter talk about the audio cards and it was relation to like soundflower or soundcloud uh, soundcloud yeah and them having you know uh the twitter card kind of thing where you could just embed it and play it right there which going back to the daily journal kind of shows the five minutes ten minutes or less kind of shows that 
we do. That's to me is an awesome opportunity there. I used to just like hot link right to the MP3 file in a tweet, and that would actually help too with just getting a little bit more listen because you know it's it's a longer form tweet or whatever if you want to call it that that somebody would be willing to sit and listen to on their app or or sitting at their computer or whatever quickly where they wouldn't necessarily go to a podcast player page and click play and so um, yeah that's interesting to hear off to play around with the Libsyn stuff so I must yeah. it must just grab know that like they have something set up where any Libsyn URL gets auto generated into that kind of card thing or something so yeah, I haven't tried it with a straight MP3, but these links are just MP3 links, so I'd give it a shot with just a straight up one and see how it see how it treats you. Yeah, and it's something we've been. I know at Good Stuff here, we've been going back because we use S3 Amazon S3 for hosting the files, but it is, um, you know, they're not really. It's not that they're po- they're not podcast focused. Obviously, that's not what they're just trying to do: cheap, quick, easy hosting. Or well, not easy necessarily if you're not technically inclined, but we have people who are involved <laughs> more so than myself. But um, that's not their primary goal, and so it's not like Amazon's going to be like petitioning Twitter to set up a S3 Twitter card for <laughs> the podcasters yeah. that use their service because that's not where they're making their money, I don't think. But um, oh, yeah, that's... we we used S3 for the Art of Charm for the first like 200 episodes, and at some point it actually became cheaper to move everything to Libsyn. Because just the S three cost. Once you hit a certain tipping point, it yeah. gets to be it gets to be cheaper just to go with a dedicated podcast host. And once we made that switch, life has been so much easier. Yeah, of having to deal with S three. Yeah, and I don't know if there's any if any folks from Libsyn happen to listen to this. We'd love to hear because uh, the reason one of the reasons we use go a little meta behind the scenes, I guess, with good stuff is we're using S three primarily because it allows us to manipulate the metadata on the. Um, mp3 file from our cms we have a custom written cms that allows us to edit that because there's a obviously an api or whatever to connect into what s3 is doing whereas libsyn doesn't allow us to or we couldn't figure out a way to get libsyn to do that we big fans of libsyn as a service but uh, we couldn't figure out a way but yeah definitely we felt that hurt last month when itunes featured good stuff on the homepage, and it's like yay and then the next month you're like oh crap we (laughs) this big bill and it doesn't the sponsor stuff doesn't follow for a few months until (laughs) after you get the big downloads and so yeah um anyways that's uh our stuff to figure out but uh, i would love to hear from somebody at libsyn if if they've got a solution for us because um we need to we like with having multiple people and different abilities of podcasting abilities uh, and editing metadata. We don't want our host to have to, you know, go into iTunes and edit metadata and update and upload. We want them to just be able to upload a file and be done with it and not have to worry about things. But then, yeah, we do sacrifice in other areas. So, um, Chris at goodstuff.fm is where you can hit me up on email if you've got a solution for us. We'd love to hear about it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough. Uh, navel gazing on good stuff anyways what uh <laughs> where can folks uh find you follow you stalk you on the internet uh these days uh well you can check out uh, does it have legs and grumpy old geeks at grumpyoldgeeks.com. uh me personally you can find me at jpd.me nice and you do the twitters and stuff for all the yeah links to all the stuff is on on those sites okay Sounds good. So yeah, thanks to Jason for joining me on Show Me Your Mic. Uh, you can follow Show Me Your Mic on Twitter, S-M-Y-M underscore F-M. Uh, good Stuff underscore F-M is the Good Stuff Twitter account. I'm iChris. So there's three different Twitter accounts to just quickly go follow right away. Um, my thanks to Campaign Monitor for sponsoring Good Stuff and Show Me Your Mic. And thank you for listening. Have a great day. Bye. Hey, before the big music hits, 
I just wanted to let you know that Jason and I continued our conversation a little bit further on the auxiliary show on Good Stuff, which is kind of like where we put stuff that sometimes happens after a show is done. Uh, talking sponsorship and Patreon and some some of those ideas. So you can check that out, goodstuff.fm slash AUX. And the uh, link will be in the show notes uh, on this show as well. See ya. <music>